Welcome to the State of Survival podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the survival game genre, its updates, game content, bugs and fixes that players interact with, and the overall community surrounding these kind of games. I hope you folks are having a wonderful day, and I hope you enjoy sitting back and listening to Hello and welcome everyone to the State of Survival podcast. Today we are going to be covering, what else, more of DayZ. Today we're going to be talking about the DayZ population and how it is doing, and then we're also going to be covering DayZ's overall balance. What we think about it, is it good, is it bad, is it well balanced, does it need improvement, or do we need to see better from the Daisy devs when it comes to the core vanilla game? Again, I want to stress that we're only going to be talking about the core vanilla mechanic balance-wise, not mod or how community servers choose to do it. But first, before we go too deep into this subject, let's go ahead and actually listen to our staff and see what's going on with them. Let's go ahead and go over to my host, I'm Jarl of Ghosts. How you been doing? I've been doing good, Dump. Thank you so much. And I had a blast on Thursday when we played on the Vanilla Chernar server. It was great. Had some crazy moments at stream. <laughs> Other than that, uh, this week I've got some updates on the channel. Tomorrow we will not be playing Dungeons Dragons because it's my uh, daughter's 18th birthday, so I'll be taking the day off. I uh, don't know what I'm going to be doing on Thursday yet. I'll figure that out. Friday, I'm going to be playing with our stream team. Probably some Goose Goose Duck, and if not Goose Goose Duck, some other games like uh, we were talking about Mario Party-style games. Saturday, we're going to have our Fallout 2D20 tabletop RPG, and after that, some Space Engineers. So I'm looking forward to that. That is awesome. That is very, very awesome. Now, I actually want to go over and uh, see how our producer, Red Falcon, has actually been doing of late. How am I doing? That's a great question. I'm doing pretty good. I'm just hiding here behind the scenes with my many panels of controls and lots of buttons and whistles to fire off. Um, so I've been doing uh, some work on the channel, good, putting some shorts together, kind of setting that up for future success. And then, of course, I got my mod work that I'm doing, so prepping for 1.21. Um, and kind of all the things that go along with that. And then I've also been helping out, um, most recently, um, Sammy, uh, who does uh, some pretty fun live streaming. And he's been doing, I set up a server for him that's, uh, so he can do helicopter races. So we had a really cool event this last week. And then June 2nd is his next event. And it's gonna be with some, uh, some fairly big name streamers um, that are gonna be participating. and. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved and sit sit out along the race route and take pot shots at him. Uh, so that'll nice. be fun. Nice, nice, folks. You keep an eye on our Twitter. We'll be posting more about that event and when uh, it possibly will go live. Are they going to be doing kind of like a li uh, live show there or something? Absolutely, absolutely. Definitely, yeah. So, folks, keep your eye on that. We'll make sure to post it so people can watch it because uh, helicopter racing sounds like a lot of fun, and it sounds like a lot of funny moments about to come around. <laughs> I love sure. the idea of a little bird rally too. That's such such a funny um, idea. Well, and he does uh, musical helicopters too, where everybody gets out of their bird and stands outside, and he turns on music, and everybody has to run around their helicopters till he turns it off, and then they have to jump in, start it up, and then the last person off. Uh, gets culled until they get down to one winner. 
I love nice. it. I absolutely love it. Uh, and, you know, last but not least, folks, I have been working on a new update coming to my leather crafting and uh, tanning up, uh, mod. I'm going to be introducing a new form of a leather mask. It looks pretty awesome in my own opinion, but I'm kind of a biased. You know how it works. Uh, in that update, I'm also going to be including like three versions of it. There's going to be a full cover, a half cover, one third of a cover. And then there's also going to be two new stat, um, states that you can put onto your leather clothing. That is going to be the wax-covered leather, which makes it so your leather clothing is a little bit more water-resistant. And then there's going to be the hard-boiled leather, which will be going along with the medieval update, making it so you can make leather armor that is a little bit more resistant to melee damage. Uh, folks, um, the timeline of this update will be after 1.21 has been pushed because why make an update just before a major Manila update? But that is pretty much it for me. Uh, so we have discussed the topics we're going to be covering, uh, but for the folks who have just come in a little bit later, we're going to be talking about the vanilla gameplay balance, going over the Daisy population, and then later on in the show, after our hot takes, we will be giving our constructive criticism on how to improve the balance of the game and how maybe we can think that it can help improve the core van vanilla balance of the game. We're not looking at community servers, we're not looking about mods, we're just looking at the, the vanilla game as it is and how it can be better balanced. I couldn't believe, uh, before we get into it too far, because <laughs> that when we started loading the server for the vanilla playthrough earlier and that one girl ran up to me, I was dying, dude. That was so funny. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. You know, there's some things that just Daisy is so unique to, and it's got to be those random encounters that you have with people. I'll go ahead and give uh, people a real quick snippet of oh, what of happened. The, so I was standing there getting the stream ready. I literally just loaded in the server to tell Dump I'm in. And all of a sudden, this girl runs up to me with a bat. And she's like, oh, uh, you have a choice. I can hit you with a bat or I can give you a kiss. And I was totally caught off guard. So not only did I role play with it asking for beatings, but I just kept on critiquing her on how poorly she was doing and making her do it again. Now, Daisy, the real numbers, it was kind of a little bit of an interesting title choice, but I actually wanted to talk about the year in review that we were given actually about almost five months ago from Daisy themselves. Now, it was interesting to see that we had over 184,000 players on PC, 87,000 players on PlayStation, and 119,000 people on Xbox of daily active users all in one month on October. This was literally official stats from uh, DayZ about those numbers. Now, that is an impressive feat for most video games to have that large of a player base across that many platforms, that's pretty awesome. And what's really cool is they talked about their all-time PC um, in January, which was 31,070 players. They were able to see 3.9 million new users to, from January to November last year. And they were able to uh, ban over 30,000 uh, cheaters totaling up to a hundred a hundred thousand uh, cheaters being banned now the reason why I bring up cheaters is because people have been talking about there is a huge influ influence of cheaters on a, on official and there is 
I'm not going to say it's a, lar a large amount. I don't know the numbers. But it is interesting that inside of these yearly reviews, they are what looks like working hard to try to keep the cheaters under wraps, or at least the best that they can. Now, what's really cool is we're going to take a look at the from January to May and see how the Daisy numbers are doing real quick. And I just want to do this because I want to show people that Daisy itself is actually going steady and it seems like the player numbers aren't really dwindling that much. In the Steam charts, we could see here that Daisy uh, had a, over the past 24 hours to up today, uh, had 44,913 people playing. And the all-time peak is 63,000. So, as you can see, there are still a lot of people wanting and willing to play DayZ. And that is really cool to actually see people are still out there and playing. Now, I just wanted to cover this because, again, I know the title was a little bit interesting. So, yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about the gameplay balance itself. The first thing that we're going to go ahead and take a dive into is the gameplay balance overall. So, what do you think about the gameplay balance overall, Jarl? Honestly, it does need work, but I don't think it needs as much work as people uh, oftentimes complain about. I think a lot of the times when people gripe about the balance of the game, especially when it comes to survivability or even just PvP loot specifically, a lot of that has influences that kind of manipulate that number, such as base building and all the loot hoarding, or even just whenever you're playing, not knowing all the tricks and tips to survival. Um, for example, just being able to utilize your environment. When we were playing, for example, I saw that you had a stone in your hand and I had completely forgotten that you can go to a rock and turn it into a stone knife. You don't need another small stone to do so. It's those little bits of survival that you just gotta know that make the game a lot more uh, thrivable, as I like to say. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I think overall, Daisy has definitely balanced its stuff a lot better. I think when Daisy first came back after 6 uh, 0 0.63, there was definitely a lot of focus on the pure PvP side, and it almost felt like we were, for lack of a better word, steering the ship to an arcade-like system. Um, and I know that may sound like, oh no, Call of Duty, and that wasn't. It was going to become Call of Duty. However, I felt like it was going more towards the only PvP first-person shooter route kind of game. And I'm happy the ship was steered to be more of a well-balanced situation because the introduction of new diseases, broken legs, new survival mechanics, and all that kind of stuff, I feel like really did bring back not only just the game being a little bit harder and harder fun, I would say, not necessarily harder just to be harder. And that's kind of what I enjoy about Daisy in that situation. Now, do I think there are certain situations where Daisy is a little bit broken? Uh, speaking about like the future update uh, with 1.21, uh, talking about the medieval armor stacking where it can literally take a shock into the chest. Um, I'm not really sure about that, but all I do know is that the devs are definitely balancing it better, but there are things that can be improved. So let's go ahead and take a deeper dive into it, Yarrow. Let's go ahead and talk about the economy. Uh, the economy. What do you think about the economy? Even From a player's standpoint, I have no problem with the economy. It does one of two things. For one, I get a lot of people who complain about the beachside cities not having high-tier gear. 
and it's always in the north. Uh, for a lot of people, they feel that this is at a disadvantage because sometimes you'll have tiered or fully kitted players coming down south to target some of the people who are fresh spawns. But to tell you the truth, maybe it's just me, but that's what Daisy is. You know, the term Bambi and fresh spawn kind of came from that mentality. But also the fact that it doesn't stop you from being able to race and land and get some guns and high tier gear yourself. The coastline is massive. There's not going to be a high tier player in every city watching the point. But if they did allow guns on the coast, that's all it would be. You would never be able to get past those cities and venture north if everybody was armed with weapons. I think we see this a lot in Essaker, where you see a lot of the stronger rifles and a lot of the stronger weapons being more readily available outside of the city. Once you start seeing that, just getting to the city itself is a feat. It's not exactly the most experienced. Uh, enjoyable experience as a player no and you're you're totally right uh the economy is built in such a way that from the southeast corner of the map all the way to the northwest corner of the map it's definitely a full-fledged tier system and you know we have this really cool uh graphic that we were able to create and you can literally see all of the individual tiers the most visual visual part along the coastline is essentially tier one with a couple of tier four and tier two um, mixed in. But what you folks should realize is that that is not um, tier one is not that far from tier two. And that's a really interesting balance feature right there that you don't have to run. I think more than like, I think two on um, like a kilometer in the coast to get to tier two. And speaking from a server owner and from a modern perspective, the differences between tier one and tier two are different, vastly different in other ways. Did you folks know that uh, canned food and processed food has a higher chance of spawning in tier one and tier two-ish than it does actually further up in the northwest of the map? That's an interesting fact to know because the further you go up, the more survival you have to actually do. And I think that's kind of an interesting aspect of the economy. Yeah, that's a good point that you bring, too, because a lot of people would say, oh, well, that's because the larger cities are up north, but they're not. The larger cities are down at the bottom near the coastline. Cherno, Electro, uh, even Berenzino. You've got a little airstrip nearby Berenzino and a military base. You really don't have to travel that far. It's easier to get food on the coast, and that's really, from a geographical standpoint, very accurate to real life. If the world were to end tomorrow, there would still be a lot more of those resources closer to the heavily populated areas than there would be in the rural side. Now, let's go ahead and I'm going I'm to uh, put it out there. Loot distribution in DayZ sucks. The central loot economy itself is a... I would say that as a modder, I know that the random math calculations that we're given access to don't work very well at all uh they're not amazingly well done now engine side i have no clue and folks this should be uh something you should know that we as modders have very very little access to the central loot economy as uh how to work it and how to configure it to work but my overall complaint here is if you look at the central loot economy and then you look at the other systems they have, one of the systems they have is the event system with uh, mushrooms, apples, and animals. 
I actually feel Daisy has dropped the ball in this situation because it is so easy to literally run past an apple orchard, loot that town, and then go back to the apple orchard and find troves of apples, fruits, or pears, or plums. And that's really problematic. Yeah, I agree. And in those instances too, like there's there's certain things they've done to the loot table for standalone that I remember in earlier iterations of the game, field mushrooms used to be the way to go. Now it's, if you're brave enough to search the orchards and go through them, as long as you throw away the rotten apples, you can walk away with seven apples right off the bat, which not only give you food, but they give you hydration too. So it's a little bit of a kind of a perk to it. Um, and, and I do agree with that. It does make sense that those areas would have higher chances to have that loot maybe even easier to get it but at the same time if you're up in the northwest airfield and you just geared up what's one thing you're gonna need the most food so you're gonna migrate to these areas that have high food and that's where you start getting the i'm new and i have a t-shirt and underwear and here's this fully geared guy holding down the town terrorizing all the bambies that run into it yeah definitely well, let's go ahead and move over to lore and engagement. Now, the lore and engagement in Daisy is trifle with mystery and intrigue. There is not a lot of official documentation about the lore of Daisy. And I do want to state that Daisy's official stance is make your own story. Essentially, experience the game how you wish to play it, enjoy it how you wish to. There are plenty of theories out there, and there are some snippets of lore scattered in the game files, and there are tons of videos out there trying to dissect and improve the lore of the game. Now, I do want to also talk about the engagement of Daisy. Is Daisy really engaging the player base as much as it should, or are they kind of dropping the ball? What do you think about those two things, Yarl? Well, I think they brought it up in their last stream, and they made a good point. They have a lot of community events like they just had the community event with crossbows and the castle siege and they thank their community for setting it up because they just simply don't have the manpower or the man hours to do things like that and i understand that you don't have the manpower to do that but at the same time you should make the time because if daisy in my opinion held more official events on their end it would draw the community and the devs a little closer together or maybe even put them on the same tabs. So if everybody's on the same tab, then yeah. we can actually, you know, get the ideas to be conveyed between devs and the community a lot easier. No, definitely, definitely. And, you know, that that's a very interesting point because they have definitely not had a whole lot of time and energy to do a lot of these things they say but they have given us some information and some little nuggets out there one of them being in update 1.14 contamination zones and pox grenades now they didn't give us any lore on this uh and that is interesting because what they how what they did give us though is the artillery strikes that create these dynamic gas um gas zones and the static ones that literally kill infected they'll kill you too but they're designed to kill the infected and what's interesting about this is that as far as we know uh it literally causes you to internally bleed to death so it's not like 
um, you know, mustard gas or some of the other things that we're used to. This looks like it was specifically designed and produced for this problem that we are now facing in DayZ. The whole people turning into raging infected people. Um, so that's really interesting because uh, that doesn't necessarily give us a book about why they put this in. But it allows us to theorize about it. And I think that's actually kind of cool because it really plays into their create your own story situation. And that's I, I kind of agree with that. But I think the other side of that coin is their world does not feel lived in. Um, it would be better if we could learn the lore off of old clippings, old journals. You know, every every zombie horror, you know, you, you end up walking into a room and you find a dead family and you find a note on it. I think a game that does that really well is Fallout, for example. you There may be nothing in the building but a bunch of skeletons, but there's documentation, logs, images, things that kind of allow you to still tell your own story, but give you more of an insight on the people who lived here. That is completely void in DayZ. You really have to create your own story, which is great. But then if you say your theory to another group of th people who don't agree with your theory, then it's just kind of a pecking match on who has the best theory. When a lot of us just want to know, you don't have to tell us how the infection occurred, but at least give us some sort of stability lore-wise that we can understand what's going on better. And I think part of the reason why the cloud affects this, the infected as well as you is, to my understanding, the people who survived DayZ, they're immune to the infection, but that doesn't mean that you don't have the virus in you. So it is entirely possible that this toxic gas cloud that has emitted over the area is specifically targeting people with those little uh, genetic structures in their blood system and causing those structures to potentially rupture or fail. So it's, it's kind of fun because you can use real science with it or you can do something a little more Raccoon City Resident Evil vibe where it's more a tyrannical decision just to get rid of the witnesses. Ah, very true. Now, speaking about the engagement, DayZ also then put in, in 1.19, the bunkers. Now, the bunker in Livonia had... At four in the experimental patches, some semblance to what looks like pox grenades, and I believe in still in stable, we still have those pox grenade containers seeable and bindable inside the bunker. Now, what's cool about this is that there was another involvement from the devs, actually specifically from Scotty and his marketing team, called Hannah and the Yellow King. This was first introduced when the Toxic and the gas zones were first introduced in 1.14, and it was a wild ride to listen and to hear about all this because, just like their lore, they left a lot up to speculation. But instead of what they usually do with their lore, they left little hints, uh, pictures um, with little notes on it, backpacks, um, and we would see things inside of the trailers for the updates where it would hint at what was happening with Hannah and the Yellow King. Now, normally, we uh, had players speculate and do stuff on this. Jarl, did you ever get to experience the Yellow King lore and engagement that Daisy put out there? No. To tell you the truth, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of its existence. Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the interesting thing. Um, 
Was that because you weren't actually paying attention to DayZ at the time, or do you feel that maybe it just missed the mark reaching people who had played DayZ, but n n didn't necessarily pop up in their feed or up on their radar? Well, for me, I think it had to do with the fact that they, with their current system, whenever they're putting this stuff out there, it's a you go and you follow them on their socials or you or you follow them on their community pages, then they post updates. I don't think they do enough to kind of share that kind of lore to the game. And it's something they could do with loading screens, even the main menu. In Skyrim and Fallout, for example, you'll have it go, oh, the Dweamer 4,000 years ago were known to do this, this. You don't find a single living Dweamer at all in any of Skyrim, but you still go, oh, that's fascinating. That's interesting. I want to learn more. And then when you're at the ruins, you're keeping your eyes peeled for some of the books and stuff that might highlight that. Uh, okay. And it's cool to see that because then it entices you to engage with the community more. Whereas if you're like me and you go up there and it's just like a bunch of people are like, oh, there's glitches, there's hackers. And, and that's what the community feed is filled with. I'm going to miss these little golden nuggets of really good content because I just don't check up on the the content daily. I, there's no reason to draw me there as just somebody who casually plays the game and creates my own fun as it is. Definitely, definitely. All right, folks, we're going to move on to the combat portion of the balancing of the game. Combat balancing. Oh, my Lord. It is a very interesting aspect, and I'm actually going to go out there and say, I wish melee combat was better. Oh, thank Please. goodness. I'm not the only Maybe, one. Maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to be 100% better. I have played so many online uh, types of games where melee combat is clunky. But we're in 2023. There are, I, I'm hoping there are better ways to make melee combat so much better. Don't get me wrong. I think it's way better than 0 0.62, but it still isn't there. I feel like I almost have no control over my character in melee combat. And while I do, I, I feel like I can block or I can swing or I can heavy swing. And it's very limiting because my movements don't feel fluid. I feel like I am 100% stuck in uh, these animations, which I am. So if I could say anything about that, I think uh, I think combat definitely is, uh, melee combat definitely is lacking. PvP, um, I would say firearm combat though, that definitely is gone way better. It is awesome, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I love the ranged combat in the game. Um, I kind of that's one of the things I'm glad they hung on to since Arma Two uh, was that they brought in that they wanted the guns to feel realistic. They wanted the guns to represent their condition right it's not a quick snap you know arcade shooter it there's some physics to it there's some knowledge if you know how to use the zeroing option for example and you know the range of your enemy you could get some pretty accurate shots off of that as long as you know how to use the rangefinder and the zeroing in conjunction with one another but for me, that melee, oh, it reminds me of a time I was up at Air, Northwest Airfield. And both me and the guy is that classic uh, Save and Ride Ryan situation where we ran out of bullets. We might as well throw our guns at each other and go into melee combat. I had swung at him and the animation was one, two, three during the swing. But then I walked off the edge and died. 
and I had no way of canceling it. Once I saw him move out of the way, I'm like, no, 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 no. I had to commit to this lemming style walking off the top of the air tower. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, just so many interesting aspects there. I think that also ties into zombies too. I think that's my biggest gripe about zombies is that the way that they orbit around you and the animation patterns that were given for melee combat, it doesn't make engaging, you know, two or three zombies very fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the one thing I would like to ask the devs, actually, is the orbiting animation from Infected on purpose, like a percentage chance, or are they just broken and don't know how to pathfind to us? That would be an interesting question to hear um, or find out about. But let's go ahead and move on about survival. What do we think about the survival balance in Daisy itself? I'm talking about medicine, sicknesses, having to find food and survive. Do you think Daisy's really hitting it? Or do you think that they're kind of missing the mark? I love the survival system. I like how there's little intricacies that you learn out of desperation. Be, you know, all you really need is a hammer and then you're good to go. You can bang on some rocks, get some stones, turn them into knives, you're good to go. Get an axe, you can chop down trees. Even if it's just a hand axe, you could also shave the bark to make yourself a, a fire starter. No more do you have to rely on finding matches or have to rely on finding lighters. I really love how you can go all out primitive survival and bring it into the focus. And a lot of the things that the game does, the game does really well. Uh, when you have a cold, spreading the cold, you know, I learned about social distancing when people are sick from day Z, even before the pandemic hit, you know, and it's just such an interesting, deep part of the game that I think a lot of people overlook. They still just go for their canned food or like the instant, you know, successes. They're not sitting there making bones out of hook you know, or hooks out of bones, finding rope in a stick, sitting there and fishing, boiling the water. That's the that's the best part. Maybe it's because I'm a Naked and Frayed fan or something, but I love that. I love that about it. No, and you're, you're totally right. I think I think it's a very interesting when I read about or hear about from people about, oh, I starved to death. I hate this game. Well, did you run past a chicken? Yeah. Well, it's your own fault. Um, I would say I still want more from survival mechanics. I still want that level of I am only surviving because I actually am prepared to survive, not because I am 100% lucky. I'm okay with luck, but I don't want the luck to be the main contributor. I have played many times in my time uh, a survival run, and I literally almost can never 100% uh, survive off of my own ability to loot and stuff. I um and find you know the proper field mushrooms apples you know whatever and cook and, and skin animals I have to go into town and then I still end up starving to death not because I'm looking for food but because I can't find anything to actually go and kill or skin animals with I can't find uh proper uh stuff and it really becomes more of a I need to be able to find uh weapons to be able to um, survive and less about actually using my own stuff. And I'm hoping with 1.21 crossbows, 
we will be able to change that because we can imp um, we can improvise our own ammo out in the wild. But moving on to base building because we actually have to touch on the subject. It's a very touchy subject for a lot of people and a lot of people have issues with this. I will go first. Base building by itself is a not complicated procedure. It just takes you um, your ability to know how to use it. Vanilla default placement settings do suck. However, they have put in pl been put into place to protect the central loot economy. I am speaking as a modder and as a server owner. Because you don't want people uh, pretty much barricading and boarding up an entire town, making inaccessible to loot. Because guess what? Looting is one of the core features of DayZ. Now, base building itself does need improvement at its core. There are things that would make base building a lot better. Snapping and everything else like that. I do have to agree with folks on that. But I think base building's multiple stages and its ability to customize is great. But there should be more ways to customize your watchtowers and your fences. And for the love of God, please add a gate to the watchtowers. The fact that I have to build a separate fence just to be able to make my own gate there is silly. What do you think, girl? Um, I'm not a fan of the base building, mainly because of the mentality of, like you said, just boarding up buildings. I don't think the zombies are dangerous enough because a lot of people, when they want to base build, they'll do it right in the heart of town and just board up a few doors. And they're trying to outsmart the player and they're not trying to outsmart the environment. And then once that base is built with very little supplies, they just had to block a few key doors. They're able to run around and hoard all of the loot that they want and just pile it in mass in this space that's in the center of a high loot area. To me, I think that kind of takes away from the game. I do love the idea whenever we see these images of these towns being built or these small little wooden forts like Civil War style. I think that's where base building shines. But with the undead just being more of a speed bump than an actual threat, I really just don't think it fits. My hot take is the server from Hell They Came. Now, those of you who watch my Twitch channel, uh, I'm really big into Red Dead roleplay and GTA roleplay. I really like the in-depth roleplay, so I gravitate more towards Red Dead. Having a character background, never breaking character, I think it just makes an already immersive title such as Daisy even more immersive but from hell they came takes my complaint about zombies not being a threat and turns it on its head it's a finely tuned roleplay survival experience and a hard hardcore survival game to boot the primary goal is of course uh enhanced pve experience as well as immersion uh but it's set in namalsk and i know a lot of people are like roleplay in namalsk namalsk doesn't have a whole lot of supplies how's that done Already being said in Molsky of some extreme difficulty because of the cold, but it comes with a polished loot system and it doesn't make the scarcity the reason why the map is difficult. It's more like better scarcity. So you're still able to find what you need to survive. You're just not going to find an overabundance of it. It requires you to rely on other people and to build that community that roleplay thrives off of. Using your basic survival intelligence can lead you to gear like in other Namal servers, but the lack of supplies means that players will be squabbling to kill another for what they need on normal servers, offering little hopes of your wit of survival even helping you. But not in this server. In this server, there's just enough that you don't get to that line of uh, desperation. Basically, with the server, you actually start off in a hospital 
You were quarantined for being sick. They were afraid you'd turn. When you wake up, the staff are dead and you have to branch out from there. Um, the difficulty in the server's balanced gameplay is actually geared towards performance, allowing you to enjoy a smoother experience with a copious amount of mods. We're talking helicopters and all sorts of different features to the game that most other modded servers just don't have. Uh, the map in Namalsk has gotten a facelift offering some custom locations, which helps with lore. It helps with scenes for roleplay, and it kind of breaks everybody apart so you're not all in that one area together, always seeing the same faces. Um, creatures ramp up the horror. That's one thing normal Daisy is lacking is in horror. But in this game, there's zombies, there are weird mutants, there's Wendigos. It feels a lot more like you're playing Doom or a Resident Evil game where you have liquors and other threats to worry about that really just scares the holy hell out of you. And to top it all off, if your friends get killed, they reanimate as undead. So that aspect of zombie survival fiction that we love is actually ingrained in the very gameplay mechanics of that server. You want your gear? Well, you're going to have to go kill yourself to get it back, which is a really cool idea. Uh, but I think that is huge. The zombies do vanish after reset, so there is you know, a necessity to go out and get it quick. But since it's a roleplay server, who cares about the loot? There's no KOS. There is still PvP, but it's all story-driven PvP, which honestly makes the PvP feel a lot more aggressive and real. I really do like it. Nice, nice. And now, folks, I am done sneezing. I don't know what happened there. But I am going to address modders. Folks, if you are a server owner and you or uh, or even a player and you use mods, please take a look at the mods. Pick one at random and go and give them a compliment about what you like about their mods. Go and show your support for them. Most Daisy modders put in tens if not hundreds of hours into making their mods amazing and they work tirelessly on patch days including the one coming up to make sure that you get to be able to play with their mod their mods if a server goes down because a mod hasn't updated or whatever else make sure that you remember these are people too working hard on something for free that they themselves enjoy just as much as you they will get around to it they will fix it and finally folks Remember, if you're able to give donations to a server or whatever else, just remember, most modders would be over the moon even if they receive a dollar donation in their PayPal. Most modders have their PayPals inside their workshop or have a um, Patreon or other things. Remember, folks, you don't have to give them a lot of money or pour money out to them, but just letting them know that you care and or even just saying thank you for your hard work or being patient actually moves the world for a lot of people so that's my take let's go ahead and move on to us actually giving constructive feedback to daisy about balancing before we get into the whole review of the balancing that we just talked about daisy did live stream now this live stream was between the guy who hosts the live streams and i think it was a junior developer who has had his hands in development, including some effort inside of the crossbow mechanics and helping test and actually iterate. I think what he said most of his work is, is taking down notes and helping people implement them and overall kind of just being there to support people. 
I do apologize if you just listened to this and I got his role in Be um, Daisy wrong, but I did try to listen hard. But the live stream was really interesting. They did talk about some of the improvements they have made. You can now retrieve crossbow bolts from infected and from players when you shoot them. Daisy trying to encourage people to use their new projectile system as much as possible. Have set up your experimental servers so you spawn in the northern areas of the map and you spawn with full gear, food, bandages, a crossbow, and plenty of bolts. Furthermore, they have added in a continuous crafting action for the improvised crossbow bolts and for putting feathers on them. Thank God they did that. Crafting five improvised bolts from five sticks was horrendously terrible. I am so happy they listened to the community and put that actually in as a continuous action. Furthermore, the um, stream was really interesting. They ended up running around. Uh, a group of guys ended up actually stalking him. And he ended up, I think, dying actually to a group of infected. It was a very interesting stream. And it was just a nice laid back. They were answering questions and they were showing off some of the new stuff they've been working on. Now, it is pretty cool because people asked some questions. Unfortunately, none of my questions were directly answered, but it was a lot of fun. This live stream was cool. And folks, if you ever see that Daisy is going to be live streaming and you miss it, go check it out on Twitch. And if not on Twitch, check out their YouTube. A couple of days later, they will post it. I think the longest I've ever seen was two weeks later, they posted the live stream and they cut it, cut it down so it's easier to listen to. Yeah, I awesome. agree. The link uh, is in the chat, folks. One of the things that they did, too, is they ran into a guy. And this is beautiful, too, right? Because the community, of course, is like, where's our PS4 mods? Where is it? And it was, it was a lot of, like, we want our update now. But they ran into somebody who was truly a beautiful person who wanted to thank them for all the work and time they put into the game. Then agreed to them to have a crossbow duel. And as they were having the crossbow duel, they were talking about the mechanics. And one of the things that wasn't really working right that is working now is, and this is huge, they created this mechanic for this update. When the crossbow hits a target, it will actually point in the direction from where it was fired from. So we got to see the Daisy staff hearing the shots going, where is this guy? But reclaiming the bolts out of the building that they're standing next to and seeing the general direction of where they were being fired from, and immediately he started heading in that direction. Although they did talk about the technicalities of doing that, considering there was no reason to have that mechanic before in the game. Just knowing that that is there and how deadly crossbows can be because how quiet they are and the fact that it's essentially unlimited ammo, being able to see what direction the bolts are pointing if you're standing there and a bolt hits the ground, you could basically trace back its projectile and at least take cover. So it's not like getting peppered by a silenced rifle where you're crouching on the ground with your friend crying your eyes out, wondering when will it all be over? You can actually do something about it. Oh yeah, that's that's very cool. And I totally agree. Uh, now let's go ahead and talk about the review and our position slash our criticism to possibly make Daisy better when it comes to the gameplay balance. I'll go first. Daisy itself has gone a long ways to being a better game, and I think that they're definitely going down the right path. However, I'm afraid they're starting to steer down the path that might seem silly to others, but maybe in the long run is going to be beneficial to us. 
Uh, I know that the medieval armor, and I know that um, the past two updates have had some major problems with the deployment of these. However, it is interesting because I believe Daisy can do better to produce and to help these uh, things be mitigated. Now, I say that, but it's not 100% on Daisy themselves, folks. Daisy has said multiple times over the past few live streams with the um, the problematic updates, people need to play experimental. They cannot uh, handle these large updates by themselves with their own QA team. They need the player base to step it up and really play. And it doesn't mean just playing the game. That also means reporting bugs you find in their feedback tracker. I know it looks intimidating, but once you learn how to make a ticket, folks, it is so easy to report bugs and issues. And even if you've seen the bug reported like three times, just contribute to it. Just go in that ticket and let people, let them know, hey, I also do have that bug. Because remember, folks, the majority wins in this situation, not the minority. And to that point, play the experimental servers because they have Daisy's staff playing the experimental servers. And as we saw with the live stream, most of the players on the experimental servers are talking about the update in the game. They're not talking about who's going to do better than who in a fight. It's not your typical Daisy experience. And you never know when you might come across a developer who's playing the game. And that's that one-on-one. -on -one. You have your chance of potentially verbally speaking to somebody who could make a difference if you feel like your suggestions are falling on deaf ears, but they're good suggestions. That's where a lot of their feedback comes from, not just performance of the update, but just the community reaction as a whole. Enough. Yeah, fair enough. All right, folks, let's get into the nitty gritty of constructive criticism. Folks, we are going to be putting a poll up in our YouTube about what areas do you think Daisy should improve, whether that is economy, Lord engagement, combat, survival, or base building. But, folks, don't just vote. Make sure you leave a comment of your opinion about how to improve Daisy and your constructive criticism. See how I, how I emphasize that, folks? Constructive criticism. Now, let's go ahead and talk about the economy. The economy, Daisy, I did say that the trees and the mushrooms and stuff, please find ways to improve upon the system. I know you guys introduced dynamic events with the train wrecks and everything else, but I want to see more of that with the regular loot economy. It is way too easy to just eat up on a bunch of mushrooms, apples, pears, plums, you name it and abuse this glorious system that you guys have made. I can literally get filled up on apples, pears, and plums on the coast, and that's 7,500 calories, including my stomach, by the way, and run all the way to Tizzy and only be at partial apple, by the way. Full sprint. That's not a lie either. That's just me doing math. All right? So I want that to be improved upon. For Vanilla Core Daisy, it is way, way too easy to only care about picking the fruit trees and everything else. On another note, folks, um, Daisy, I would also enjoy seeing ways to prevent less loot cycling. This is a plague on uh, official vanilla servers. I know people talk about the cheaters, but reality is people loot cycle like crazy. And the reason why people think base building is bad and raiding base building is bad is because people loot cycle grenades and other um, explosive materials. And when you can loot cycle 20 grenades in less than a couple of hours, base building doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree. If there was two criticisms I have on the economy, 
one of which being the food. Let's talk about the food in general. I don't think you should be picking food off the ground. I think you should actually have to manually pick it from the tree. I think it should take time. I also think the biggest problem with the game is having everything go to a calorie count. One thing that would balance that out where they wouldn't have to change the way mushrooms and, and plums and apples work is have calories and protein, have a requirement for both. All of a sudden you encourage more fishing. I know it's another stat to keep track of, but it's something that the daisy economy is missing. As for food up in the Northwest, because as we've discussed before, the, the food spawns kind of just cease and it causes them to migrate around. Have MREs in the server. And if you have an MRE and you got to prep it, let it take time. Like almost like cooking chicken. They take time to make an MRE. You can't just open it up and eat it. Also, let it be warm. Let it warm you up. I think making it rare, but also giving you those perks makes going up to the Northwest even more enticing to people who are trying to be out there and survive. And then as uh, Dumpgraw was talking about, I think one thing that would help the loot cycling uh, a little bit, grenades do need to be toned down, I think, but also make bullets rarer. I think if they make bullets rarer, then, I mean, that would open the door for mods where you can craft your own bullets, but it's kind of silly how people can bullet hoard, and I'm guilty of that. If I walk into a building and I see a gun I have no interest in, I will strip it of all of its bullets. But still, it's so easy to get bullets compared to other post-apocalyptic games that it just seems like maybe the ammunition is a little bit too much in abundance. Definitely, definitely. Uh, now, talking about the little uh, nutrition food and everything else, I do want to say really quickly, Daisy, that is actually a good point. Not about the protein and the calories being separated, but maybe balancing the fruits and stuff out better. Because I do believe, and it's still a thing, I think, that baked apples provide a huge amount of calories. So somebody, normal apples provide almost nothing, but baked apples, I think, provide almost mu as much as a piece of chicken. I think maybe looking at your calorie distribution on the different stages of food actually might be something that would be a good boom to force people not to just pick apples and plums and stuff. But I do uh, I do agree with y'all on a lot of those facts as well. Let's go ahead and move over to, do you think uh, um, our criticism about, do we think that Daisy is actually supporting server owners as much as they should? I actually don't have much of input on that because I've never been part of a server owning team and I've never been a server owner myself. In the servers I've played, it always seems like they give the support, they give shout out and attention, but it also feels like they either don't give the tools to the server to police cheaters or there's just a, wow, this is a really cool server, but they don't learn anything from it, it feels like. Now, the thing here that I uh, want to say is I haven't been a server for owner for over two years. And while I do know a lot about the server files and stuff, I am very out of the loop in all of the efforts and frustrations of it. However, I leave this up to you, our community folks. If you see this video and you are a server owner, please leave in the uh, comments in our video below or comment now about your views about if Daisy is actually giving you as community server owners full support. Also, if you guys vote in our poll, make sure to comment there as well. We want to hear about this stuff. It's important for us. But because we both don't have a whole lot to say about this, we're just going to move on to lore and engagement. So, lore and engagement in Daisy. I want to see more stuff like Hannah and the Yellow King. 
Give us a new timeline, a new story. Daisy, you promote that make your own story is the theme of Daisy. You have almost unlimited possibilities for good stories in the survival game that literally built the survival game genre, or at least helped spearhead it. Make another cool and enticing story. The amount of love, effort, and energy people put in trying to decipher the clues, put together what happened to Hannah, who the Yellow King is, their backstories, their origins, and the cool pieces that we got inside the game, the backpack, the Yellow King helmet, engaged the community in so many ways that it was absolutely gorgeously amazing. I want to see more of that. I want to see you guys give the community small little snippets of an enticing, cool story without actually giving them all the details. Because you know what? There is so much Yellow King and Handle lore out there nowadays, now, and so much love for that entire storyline. People still today, when they see that Yellow King helmet or that Hannah backpack, talk about it. Because it is amazing. As far as, I'm, as far as I'm concerned with lore and engagement, I think they could do a little bit more. Yeah, we're supposed to create our own stories. But let's face it. I, all the streamers I watch, all the streamers I enjoy to watch, they don't play with any second thought to the lore, the whys, the hows. Because there's nothing to entice them to that. It's, how many kills can I get? Can we trick these guys? Let's get this group up here and murder them. It's really, for most people, a PvP experience. And a fun one at that, don't get me wrong. But for those of us who want to be immersed in the world, we need a reason to be immersed. And one story that happened in an obscure place that we may have missed, I don't think that's enough to get the general populace on board. Give us some books to read, some journals, and some papers. Definitely. Uh, looks like we have a chat message from 330T. As a server owner, there is some support on Daisy Wiki, but it's a lot of trial and error. Having some tools to manage the file system and easily edit the file system would be great. That is an interesting point that you make, 330T. I know that most of Daisy's files are in JSONs and XMLs. I actually have a follow up question if you would be so kind, 330T, for you. What kind of file system do you think would improve? your experience with those xmls and JSONs. are you talking about like a gui uh, uh, like a gui or an application tool that they provide or are you maybe saying that maybe it could be easier cleaner and maybe they can give you better formatting instructions so while we wait for that awesome answer from 330t uh yeah that's a uh, very interesting points uh yarl and i think that maybe we can see um some of that in the future and i hope to actually see it Let's go ahead and talk about the combat. Now, I did kind of whine a little bit about melee, and I did give a little bit of constructive criticism in that time. And I do believe that melee is better than 0.62, but it's not good enough yet. I really would like to point back to Jarl's little point out about literally uh, falling off of something because he took one steps too far. In melee combat, I know I get the idea of having to swing into or lean into your swings, but I would rather see that be a heavy mechanic and not a light mechanic. Also, I would love to see backpedal melee. Mm -hmm. When I backpedal and I hold up right click, I do this the entire time. I would love 
to be able to swing but break uh, but break my own block if I swing while backing up. Because this might be improved with the new uh, AI update coming soon, but the reality of it is that it kind of makes combat very one-sided. Either you're moving forward in combat or you're retreating backward. And in real life, being a boxer and somebody who used to fight medieval uh, SEA fights, there were many times me walking backwards was the best offense that I could do against a heavier or stronger opponent. Because it gave me the ability to make them stumble and then um, quickly go into the into attack and other things. But I do believe that that gentleman that we asked to uh, comment back has. Yara, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, uh, an application web app would be great. More detail on what each data point does would be helpful. And I actually understand this enough that I agree. On systems like Fallout, where you make your own vaults and you make your own levels, kind of create your own stories, there's a lot of support materials to teach you how to do it, including some helpful you know, tutorials from people who are close to the devs on this is how you can get this coded event to work. This is how you can make a scripted event. This is how you can get the AI to behave this way. It would be interesting to see that. Uh, that's really interesting, Jarl. And I, I, I agree, 330T. Um, there should be more uh, documentation and stuff like that. An application and web development, I could see definitely helping. However, Yarl, combat, real quickly, what do you think about it? I think they totally have it backwards. When I think of a zombie genre game, most zombie genre games that you play, it's melee primarily, guns if shit hits a fan, right? With this, it feels more like it's guns and melee is just kind of an afterthought. Now, folks, we are going to quickly touch on base building because we kind of already talked a little bit about base building and our constructive criticism of it. But my constructive criticism of base building is exactly what I said before. We need more parts to be able to build. We need uh, more options for the watchtower to be able to build our own gate and those kind of situations. And for, for the love of God, Daisy, please give server owners the ability to put damage control on the different damage types and i'm talking about melee bullets and uh, explosives and with this next update projectiles if they work um how i think they work but folks i have this daisy actually i have this in my own mod building fortifications and you will not believe how many surfer owners are very very happy with this because it allows base building to be played however they want in their community servers. Do I want it to be really hard to raid these um, these walls and these fences? Yes. Do I want it to be really easy? Yes. But it's it plays perfectly in with the central loot economy in every aspect of DayZ. I love how you're giving more players more choices, but this should be one of those things that you give to um, give to server owners. Allow them to control the amount of damage applied to fences and watchtowers. I agree. What do you think, girl? I agree. And I think the biggest thing they need to focus on with base building is snapping. Because one of the things that breaks my immersion more than anything, you want me to create my own story, is when, uh, and I belong to a group of people uh, who were supposed to be the peacekeepers, but they built their base very nonsensical. Straight wall here, straight wall here, straight wall here. And it looked like an asterisk once everything was said and done. It was hideous. It didn't look like a bunch of survivors built a base. It just looked like somebody who's trying to manipulate angles and trying to go for the strongest fortifications. It was rather nonsensical. 
if snapping was involved and being able to grade a little better, like say Fallout 4, which only came out a couple years after DayZ did, it's interesting to see how things can line up and have that better system. You'd get more bases built and there would be a logic to it. And people wouldn't be able to just hover a wall that they could shoot through the bottom, but people still can't crawl through. There's a few things that they could do to fix it. But I think the thing that really hurts Daisy is when you look at games that are of a similar age, say Rust, say Forest, say a lot of the other survivals, I just think that Daisy falls by the wayside when it comes to the base building. And most people don't even bother. And that's sad to me. Definitely. Yeah, I can see all that. Now, uh, folks, we are going to go ahead and be moving on to our closing remarks and our recap. The uh, overall point of this episode wasn't necessarily a shit on Daisy or to take it down a peg or anything else. It was simply to address the basic balancing of Daisy. And then it was our ability to offer what we thought and what we think could be improved upon Daisy. We're all here because we absolutely love and care about this game. Whether it's because of the PvP, the fun situations, the RP, the base building, or just the fact that you can play with your friends on a Friday night or watch them get beat up with a per um, beat up by a person with a baseball bat right when they spawn. But <laughs> I'm looking at you, Yarl. I have no idea um... what you're talking about. <laughs> oh. But folks, I also want to hear from you. If you folks are watching this video, thank you very much for watching the video. But in the comments down below, go ahead and leave your opinions about Daisy balancing and the constructive criticism you think could help improve Daisy. Doesn't matter if you're a PvP-oriented person or if you're survival or a purist for Daisy and how it should be handled. I would love, or we would rather, love to hear your thoughts. And the other thing I would like to point out. To, to kind of add on to that, I don't have a problem with people having an issue with the game. I think there's a lot of games we have issues with, but if there's something that bugs you with the game, come up with an idea or solution. Like, what would you do differently? Maybe with that theory crafting, we'll actually be able to see more positive ideas coming towards the devs that might get implemented. Yeah, he's very much right, folks. Very much right. Oh. Next week, we will be covering Project Zomboid. Now, I would like to give a big shout out to my fellow host, Yarl of Goats, and our producer, Red Falcon, who has been killing it with his shorts production and his efforts. I am so pleased to have these two helping me um, with this podcast, and I actually feel like I am helping them most times rather than they are helping me, which is a good thing, folks. I hope to see you folks all next time. Absolutely. Until then, bye-bye. Well, folks, thank you very much for watching our video and this podcast episode. Please like and subscribe, and it definitely helps us when you do. Please remember that you can also comment down below, and who knows, maybe we'll read or talk about your comment in our next episodes. Folks, I also want you to make sure to thank our staff members, being Yarla Ghost and Red Falcon. Yarla Goats streams on Twitch quite regularly, and Red Falcon is responsible for the Red Falcon Hel Heli mods on the Daisy Workshop on PC. We are happy to have you folks here, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.